0: Father God, we do praise you for your word, the power of your word, to speak to us, to change our lives. And so we pray now that you would do that. In our hearts, we pray that by your spirit, you would be making Jesus known to us. Help us to see clearly who Jesus is and what it means to follow him. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So Jesus, the way... The truth, the life, when we use those words in normal everyday conversation, we we use them probably slightly differently from what we see here. So we say things like, that's the way, ain't that the truth, or uh, this is the life, you know. So uh, that's the way, you know, when we say that we're usually talking about some kind of human technique or method, to uh, get the job done you know how do you make the perfect Christmas pudding well if you're asking that on the 4th of December the answer is you're too late isn't it because you're supposed to the way to make a Christmas pudding is you're supposed to start on stir up Sunday which was two weeks ago so you're you're really way past the date for that that is the way though to do it it's the way that you make the Christmas pudding or ain't that the truth You know, truth, when we use it like that, truth is about human reason and logic. We can work it out ourselves. We can figure it out. Like the way that we do things, it's kind of down to us. Make it happen. And if you get the way right and you find the truth, well, you might one day be able to say, this is the life. As you put your feet up by the pool and you sip a cool drink brought to you by your butler, and uh, everything is just perfectly as you want it this is the life we say when that happens life is finally going my way but here in the reading we hear we hear jesus saying something slightly different from that i am the way and the truth and the life says jesus and just note a couple of extraordinary things about that. That there have been many great spiritual teachers and gurus throughout history who, who've made great religious claims. They often say in different ways something like: this is the way and the truth and the life. This is how you get that. Do these things and you will find the way. You know, the great teachers of religion might say, but Jesus is saying something different. Not, not here is the way that you find truth and receive life, but I am the way and the truth and the life. It's the difference between a signpost and a destination, isn't it? So, you know, when you get off the tube at Hampstead or whatever your tube stop of choice might be, uh, and you see the sign on the platform, there it is. You, you know you're in the right place, but you, you you don't stop there by the sign and think, great, I've arrived, so I'm just going to sit here. Yeah, that, that would be a strange. Thing to do it's the sign but it's not the destination you need to go up you know queue and go up in the lift to get to the destination see Jesus is not merely the sign telling you how to travel on he's saying I am the way and you need to arrive at me and then even more shockingly he says no one comes to the father except through me So not only is Jesus making the way to God about him personally, he's then going one further and making it exclusive. He's saying he's the only true way to life with God. It's a huge claim, isn't it? So we're going to focus in on this verse, verse 6, and we're going to use it to unlock the rest of the verses from chapter 13, verse 36 to chapter 14, verse 7. So let me show you. First of all, uh, we see Jesus is the only way to God. Jesus is the only way to God. The, the, the theme that holds these verses together, from verse 36 uh, all the way through to, to 14, verse 7, the theme that holds it together is the question of where Jesus is going. Where are you going, says Simon Peter, verse 36. And then verse 4 of chapter 14, you know the way to the place where I am going. And then they say, well, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And he replies, I am the way. No one comes to the Father except through me. So I am the way, and no one comes to the Father except through me. He's saying he is the only way to God. But what does he mean? Peter thinks Jesus means he just needs to follow him wherever he goes. So whatever you say, Jesus, I'll do it. You say jump, I say how high? Can you see that in verse 37? So uh, Peter asked, you know, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. But Jesus' response is stark. Will you really lay down your life for me? Very truly, I tell you, before the cock crows, you will disown me three times. You see, not only, Peter, are you unable to follow me where I am going. In fact, you're going to do the opposite and you're going to deny that you even know me. And what Jesus is saying echoes what was going on a little bit earlier in chapter 13. If you were here a couple of weeks ago, we saw this. He acted out what he is now saying. So Peter at that point says to Jesus, Oh, Jesus, you can't wash my feet. And Jesus said, No, I must wash your feet. And the point there and the point here is that it's not Peter who has to die for Jesus. It's Jesus who has to die for Peter. And of course, this sums up what is distinctive about Christianity. You see, when when we say that's the way and things like that, we're always talking about something that we have to do. And when you apply that to religious things, where we think in terms of special rules that we have to keep and things that we have to do to be in God's good books and pilgrimages that we have to make, special things that must be done to tick off the list to say, yep, I'm in God's good books because I'm doing the right things. And we think if we're really good Christians, then we will take all that really seriously. A friend of mine talks about how for, for, for many years he was continually giving his life to Jesus. So, you know, he'd hear kind of Bible talk after Bible talk, kind of telling him, you need to give, give up your life for Jesus. Go all in. Have you surrendered all? Have you really surrendered everything? Because, you know, Jesus surrendered all, so, so you owe everything to him. And so this friend, he, he, he would continue to find himself despairing yet again about how sort of bad he was and thinking, okay, no, though no, this time I really mean it. This time I really am going to give myself up to him completely. Until he realised being a Christian isn't about us giving ourselves up for Jesus over and over again until we finally get it right, which actually we never do. And actually, no, it's about Jesus himself giving himself up for us. Some Christians, you know, struggle with, constantly with that sense of, you know, have, have I done enough? Am I good enough? I, I feel like a fake. You know, if people, if people really knew what I'm like on the inside, God must be so disappointed in me. The reality is, actually, there's something wrong if we don't feel like that from time to time. Because the point is not that we have to die for Jesus and be good enough for him. No, no, we can't do that. That's the whole point. He died for us. He is the only way to God. Not us and our efforts or anything else. Jesus is the only way to God. Then, secondly... Jesus is the only truth about God. He's the only truth about God. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, verse 7, you will know my Father as well. From now on you do know him and have seen him. And again, these are extraordinary things for Jesus to say. Not just, I can tell you how to find God, but if you've seen me, you have seen God. And perhaps this is, this, you know, is particularly at odds with the way that our world around us likes to think about things. So I think many people would be very happy to listen up to the first half of verse 6. You know, nod along and say, yeah, it's, it's great to hear about a place with, with, with God and how Jesus can get us there. And, but, you know, that's your truth and it's great for you. But I see things differently. It's not really for me. And really, the only kind of sin left in the 21st century, it seems, is the sin of saying somebody else is wrong. Isn't that right? You know, if you can be over here, you know, believing what you believe, and they can be over there believing what they believe, everyone's happy. That's absolutely fine. No problem with that at all. And then people start to talk about mountains and elephants, no, so uh, the two different pictures actually, but they're kind of claiming the same thing. So, you know, with the mountain, that the idea is there's many paths up the mountain, yeah? So, Jesus is one way to the top of the mountain, but oh, no, look, there are other ways as well, and they all get there in the end. Um, or, or with the elephant, it's the idea of, it's this picture, isn't it, of these blind people. And they're all groping around, and one person they're all feeling this elephant and wondering what it is. And one person is saying, it's a tree, because they've grabbed the leg. And they're feeling this thing which feels like a tree. And then there's another person over here saying, oh, it's a snake, because they've got hold of the tail. And, of course, the point is, well, they're both right and they're both wrong, because neither of them can see the whole truth. So, do you see many paths, partial truth, no one can say they've got the whole truth. But, actually, the problem with both of those pictures, the mountain and the elephant's, is that in order to tell that story in both cases, there is, there is someone who claims to see the entire truth about the situation, isn't there? And that's the person telling you the story. So, you know, you Christians and you Muslims, you, know, you need to realise you, you've just got part of the truth. What they're they're not saying when they say that is, actually, it's me who has the whole truth because I can really see what's going on. And it's you Christians and Muslims are really saying the same thing in different ways. I'm the one who sees is what they're saying. No, but Jesus is saying more than that. He's not saying that he's just part of the truth about God. He's saying he is the truth about God. Now, is that arrogant? Well, only if it's not true you see if it's not true we'll dismiss him as a mad lunatic ignore everything he says because how can you trust a word that comes out of the mouth of anyone who claims to be God and isn't it's crazy isn't it but if he is well it's no surprise to hear him say he's the only way to God the only truth about God there's no more need to speculate about who God is and what he's like Again, the world today will tell us the truth is somewhere inside us. Look inside to discover your truth. And that's the story behind that sculpture up on the the picture there. It's a sculpture from Geneva in Switzerland, which sums up what, what it looks like when you go looking for truth inside you. And there's nothing there. But Jesus is the only truth about God. Look at him. And you know that thing when people say, you know, they say, oh, I I don't believe in God. Well, we we need to ask them, which God are you talking about when you say you don't believe in God? Because actually there, there are millions of kind of ideas about God out there in the world. and I don't believe them either because I believe in the one who came to earth as a man who's actually shown us who he is and what he's like. Let's talk about Jesus. We don't want to talk about some abstract Kind of idea of God as we argue about whether God is there or not no 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 we need to talk about Jesus because the claim is God has made himself known in Jesus and again you know when we have doubts maybe as many people often do about you know is God really there what is what is really going on the place to go back to is always Jesus and so we can say to ourselves, can, can we be confident that he lived and died and rose again? Well, do you know what? That is exactly why John wrote his gospel and the other gospel writers and indeed the whole Bible. That's what it's there for. But John, John, he tells us at the end of, of, of the gospel, these things are written so that you may know that Jesus is the Christ and that by believing you may have life in his name. We can have that confidence if we look at Jesus focus on him he is the only truth about God look to him and then thirdly and finally Jesus is the only life from God we've looked at the beginning of the reading to see how Jesus is the way looked at the ends to see how he is the truth and now the middle verses one to five show us what it means for him to be the true life From God and again the key is to hear that he's saying more than just I'm the signpost to tell you how to get to heaven so that's what Muhammad claims in Islam for example you know he says something along the lines of you know do what I say and you know keep the five pillars of Islam and all that kind of thing and you will get to paradise and there are amazing descriptions of kind of rivers of beer and virgins and stuff and it's all very male-centered this paradise it turns out but with Jesus it's completely different because what does he say first verse two there's lots of room in my father's house there are many rooms that's good to know there's a place for anybody who will put their trust in him that's what he's saying but actually beyond that it's not as if there's loads of detail given to us Martin Luther commented that we know as much about the new heavens and the new earth that are in store for those who trust Jesus. We know as much about them as a baby in the womb knows about the world into which he or she is about to be born. That's not nothing, but it's a tiny fraction of what we will one day know. And the emphasis in what follows is on being with Jesus. Jesus. So verse 3, I'm going to prepare a place and I will come back and take you to be with me. So you may also be where I am. See, it turns out the best thing about what is in store for those who believe and trust in Jesus, as he asks in verse 1, is that Jesus is there. It's the same in chapter 17 when Jesus is describing eternal life. and he's, It's actually a prayer that he's praying in chapter 17. And it's kind of written out for us, an extraordinary prayer. But in this prayer, he says, This is eternal life, that they may know you, God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Eternal How do you sum up eternal life? Knowing Jesus. It's the same at the end of the book of Revelation, where the vision of the heavenly city is revealed in kind of highly symbolic language, but with a very clear message. Jesus is there. Jesus and his people get united in heaven like a bridegroom and his bride. That is the image that we get. Perfect, intimate relationship with God our Father and Jesus our brother in the power of the Spirit. And like the baby in the womb, that relationship is not something we have to wait for. We get to begin to enjoy knowing Jesus now. Now how does this fit with what we currently think about God and trusting Jesus for ourselves right here right now see if we if we've fallen into thinking really it's about us and our performance well one of the effects that that has is to distance us from God to make us think of him only as a disapproving headmaster with a clipboard you know kind of recording our wrongdoing I need to update that image now because schools don't uh, do it like that. They do it with apps, don't they? Sort of, you know, you've just got a strike against your name and your parents get live updates through the day of all the things you're doing wrong. Well, we certainly do anyway. But the point is, isn't it, God is not like that. He's not hovering over us, just sort of listing all the things we're doing wrong because he sent his son to, to die for us. Draw us back into relationship with him, to be the way back into relationship with him, by coming as a man who demanded not that we lay down our lives for him, first of all, but that he must lay down his life for us. That is what Jesus is about. So that, when I realize when I realise that is who God is, as I as I see him and I meet him through Jesus, and I realize he's not just tutting away at all the ways I mess up but he loves me because he sent his son to die for me and I realised that is a God I want to know that is a God I want to know more and more and to get to know better and better so I am the way and the truth and the life says Jesus no one comes to the Father except through me and I challenge you to think of any better news than that. Let's pray now. Father God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for who he is, for how he gives us not uh, a, a, a religious technique to get back into your good books, not just some tips and hints about how to live our lives, but he came so that we might know you in him. And so today, by your Holy Spirit, might we know him more and more, better and better. And as we prepare to spend eternity with him, would you more and more make us like him day by day as we see who he is, the way, the truth and the life. We thank you for him. Jesus' name. Amen.